Good morning and good evening, America, Australia, and wherever else you might be watching. I'm Trish Jenkins, and this is Trish TV, where we are about building resilience in both the business world and, as you know, many of you who know me, in the ministry and faith world. And this particular uh, interview is with John David Kirby, who has been in ministry for, oh my goodness, since the 80s. And... Uh, <laughs> He's he's a, an evangelist, a healing evangelist, and a prophet. He's. I met John David Kirby when I was invited to be part of an apostolic conference. I'm not an apostle. I was invited to share my story uh, and what God has done in my life uh, in Scotland a couple of years ago. When was that, John? That was two, three years ago. Yes. There's been a couple since. And uh, he's just got the most beautiful heart for people, and he knows the Spirit. Uh, and, and he's very accurate with his words. But what I wanted was not a preach. I wanted to talk to him about building resilient faith and not even a teaching session on that. I wanted to hear about his life, his journey, and what were the things that happened that helped him to build resilient faith and what he maybe even might do differently if he could go back again. So welcome, John David Kirby. It's great to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Trish. <laughs> it's always a blessing to see you and to be with you. It's a great honor to be able to minister to the saints of God and those that are tuning in. And we just pray to be a blessing for all those that listen. Oh, fantastic. So, John, uh, uh, husband of Sarah, yes. uh, tell me tell me about how, how your ministry started. Well, I guess I have to go back really to the early days because uh, I was in the 70s and early 80s pretty much a uh, rock musician okay. uh, living the whole rock lifestyle and uh, doing music and clubs and concerts and all that and uh, I can look back over that history and I can see where God was drawing me I mean I'd look back over the history and I can just see where uh, many times people tried to lead me to the Lord and I always had a standard answer not yet <laughs> They'd say, you born again? I'm like, not yet. It's like I was prophesying, you know, <laughs> not yet. Uh, um, be giving your life to Jesus. I'm like, not yet. So uh, in the early uh, morning, it was January 3rd, early morning of the 4th, I had a supernatural encounter with the living God that wow. absolutely transformed my life. Uh, my sister led me to Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. And my life was revolutionized in one night. I wow. mean, supernaturally. Uh, it was a divine encounter where God opened my eyes to the supernatural realm. And uh, was very soon after that, I got right into a Bible college and uh, just began my journey. Uh, about a year later, uh, we started our own church after going through some you know, various ministries at another church and being faithful there and uh, ministering uh, in the church that we were members of. Uh, just God really put on our heart to begin an outreach ministry. So we rented a storefront uh, downtown in uh, Florida, of a city in Florida, and that's where we began. And uh, it was that was really the beginning of the schooling where we started really uh, experiencing life uh, as it's lived in, uh, in real life with people. Real life with people. So not hiding yeah. away in a church, but actually outreaching 
with people. Oh, yeah. Well, that would certainly build resilient faith. <laughs> yeah, you look back on those, those early days, and I mean, we were, we were, as we say in the states, green as grass. I mean, we were, uh, we really were getting our education on the fly, you know, on the battleground training. Uh, okay. We had started with a just a storefront church, and really that was an, an eye-opening experience where we did a lot of ministry to. Uh, what we call transient peoples, because Florida is, uh, of course, a very uh, warm climate. So when it gets bitter cold in the north part of the U.S., many people gravitate to Florida for the winter. So we dealt right. a lot with street people and transient people, homeless people. So that was part of the early training days for our lives. Okay. And uh, so tell me, if, if you could go back and speak to your younger self in that period of time what would you say to that John David Kirby what would you suggest he might focus on or perhaps do differently what were some of the challenges that that you would be better at now one of my favorite statements that is the classic answer to that question is that God always makes the man or the woman before he makes the ministry and that is one of the greatest things i could say to myself i could talk to my younger self don't be in a rush don't be in a hurry you know we have pretty much grown up with the mentality we gotta hurry you know jesus is coming any minute we've gotta hurry up and do this and hurry up and do that uh, but I've found out something that God is not in a hurry and that he takes his people through a process. You know, a really funny story that pretty much goes along with this was I was a member of a church. And in those early days, as many churches, you know, workers are few. You know, Jesus said that harvest is great, but the workers are few. Well, that's the way it is in churches today. You know, workers are few. So pastors usually have to pretty much, you know, wring the last energy out of those that are workers in their body. So we did youth group and we did young adults and we led worship and we did Sunday school and we did all these things. But I remember one Wednesday night, my pastor said, I have to be out of town. I'll be ministering in another church and I want you to speak tonight. I'm like, wow, praise God. You know, I can't wait. And, and uh, so that night I preached the word of God. Now, back in those days, if I wasn't spitting and if I wasn't seeing stars above my head, <laughs> I don't think I was preaching. Oh, really? So, okay. What I Is found that because that you'd observed? Yeah, I, I realized that when you see stars, the next thing you see is nothing. That's when you black out, <laughs> you pass out. Okay. So anyway, we had this dynamic service where I'm just preaching and spits flying and sweats flying, <laughs> evangelistic fire service, you know. And, yeah. and uh, we would line people up and have prayer lines and people would fall out under the power and bodies were laying all over the altar, you know, and I'm like, I'm ready. You know, get me a bus or a plane with my name on it. You know, I am ready. For the evangelistic travel I, I am i have arrived okay so all the people had left the service and 
I was walking toward the back of the church, walking down the center aisle, and there was this older gentleman, very staid, very controlled individual. And he looked up at me just very nonchalantly. And he said, John, you need seasoning. Wow. I thought, what? You know, salt, pepper, paprika, you know, what, what do you mean? Seasoning. So I thought about that. And now I can look back over all these years and I can say, yes, you're right. Needed seasoning. In other words, maturity, growth, just learning by going through the process. You know, maturity doesn't happen when you add water. You know, there's a lot of people that, that think that we're like, we have these uh, plants in the States. They're, they're called chia pets. And what it is, it's like this little plastic head and you add water and it grows a plant. Well, that's not the way God does it. You don't just add water, boom, and you're mature, or boom, you're full of wisdom. You know, God takes his people through stages and steps of development, and uh, that's the way it's been for us, and, and still is. I don't think you ever quite arrive. You know, even Paul said, not that I've achieved, but I forget what's behind and press toward what's ahead. So that began, you know, a, a great seasons of maturity where you know we had our storefront church and then we the next year we started a christian school where we're teaching children five days a week 180 days a year you know and began to teach more i got to the place where i was teaching the bible eight times a week and okay. i mean you just can't get that training in a school or you know being lectured to it's it's doing it you know, so yeah. I, look back, I look back on those years. We, we actually pastored for uh, about 17 years. We oversaw a Christian school for 15 years and then began traveling also in like the early 90s, made our first missionary trip. And, and that was revolutionary. So, you know, just God takes you step by step uh, through life. So I would just speak to my younger self and say, just be patient, prepare, stay faithful god has an amazing plan and we will walk in it yeah and what i'm hearing from you as well is is humility hmm. that often you know when when we're young and you know wanting to tear up the world for jesus <laughs> yeah uh, yeah if, if, if sometimes if if someone older were to say look you know you know what this is great but you need seasoning mm -hmm. never forget that some people would respond to that with, I've got, I've got plenty of wisdom. I've, I've, I've got supernatural wisdom. I know yeah. God told me I'm mature beyond my years. And, and sometimes it can be even in that, not even in the 20s, but perhaps even in the, say in the 30s where, where they might have done ministry for a while mm -hmm. and, 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 and things are clicking over. And, and it's like there, there's those, those levels and moving up a level. Absolutely. I, I see this pattern and sometimes it's not even an age thing because no. you know repeating the same year over and over doesn't mature you making <laughs> the same mistakes over and over and in fact as you get into a pattern and you get good at doing things that um you can actually start to rely on self more than god like in the early years you're desperately relying on god 
So I guess there's a, there's a, there's a switch over of when you're immature and you know it and you're desperately relying on God, he shows up and he gradually matures you. And then in those middle years, you can actually get so good at it that you rely less on God and more on yourself. Wow. And that's where the danger of becoming controlling is. Uh, so you have natural wisdom. Mm-hmm. So is this kind of a balance that the joy of immaturity is desperation for God mm-hmm. and he shows up. But you've got to keep that fear of God and pressing in as you mature and you do learn life's lessons and you go, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So I know uh, not to do it that way because that was foolish <laughs> before yeah. and God's great covered me. But now I've got to do it. That, that, that crossover balance is really interesting. So how do you, um, and, and that's what makes, how do you keep that balance without becoming, uh, falling into habits of, of this is how we do it? Well, one of the things that, that I've learned and am learning is that every one of us, no matter what our ministry is or a gift, that we do have our own style. We have our own delivery. We have our own flavor, if you will. And uh, that's important for young leaders to really discover themselves. Okay. You know, discover who you are, how you flow, how you hear from God, how you move in the spirit. Um, discover that. It's, it is a discovery. And I think a lot of times as young leaders, you know, we're, we're always looking to someone. You know, you're, you're looking to other leaders, you're looking to famous preachers or whoever, you know, has our attention that does what we want to do or believing to do. You know, we uh, become attracted to people. And I think that God uses that uh, to... Hey, Phil, we've got some visitors. Hey, my brother. God bless you. Good to see you, Pastor Phil. All Amen. right. Love what you're saying. Keep going. So, the way I've seen this in my life is that uh, God will attract you to a person, a minister. Okay, we're talking about ministers now. Uh, For you or another individual that's in business or uh, in the entrepreneurial world, they they may be attracted to a certain uh, builder or a certain producer, certain manufacturer, designer, uh, that God allows us to be attracted to that person, their style, their flow, for a season for us to learn. That's really a form of mentoring. Right. You can be mentored by books. You can be mentored by the internet. You can be mentored by teaching. I mean, we go back to the day where we had cassette tapes, you know, and uh, where we were being mentored that way. But then what I've noticed is that seasons will shift. It's like, for a while now this this could be it's always individual for each person let's just say for example for five years you're like really attracted to this person this ministry they're teaching you read everything you can from them you study you you listen to their preaching you're just like consumed and then all of a sudden something shifts and someone else comes along it's not that you abandon what you've learned you take it with you and you move into another season. I like to call this packing the quiver with arrows. You know, a quiver is it's a pack that you put arrows in on your back. So the season that you were in, you got arrows. You learned things. 
from that ministry who was a healing ministry a miracle ministry a prophetic ministry a teaching ministry a faith ministry evangelistic whatever that particular ministry was you gleaned from that in that season to put arrows in your quiver now to step into the next season where maybe now you're going to be mentored more by an apostle an apostolic heart or father or a real teaching gift and you're mentored in that all these stages mold us right we're, we're, what i'm hearing too with what you're saying I'm, I'm i'm seeing two aspects of this one is we have to be sensitive to the seasons changing yes because we can get stuck we we can be people who you know i'm gonna this is i'm planting my flag and this is the church that i'm gonna serve for the rest of my life kind of declaration which we really right. have no right to to do right. Right. but there there's this this idea that you know you, you're planted in a church and that's where you are and that's where you'll stay and that suits the pastor because they've got someone you know that that's good and stable and and listening to them uh and you do take on the characteristics of that mentor you do uh and that's good but if you stay too long if you're if you're if you stop relying on the holy spirit and and you start turning up because that's what you do then it will actually become uh the the fruit will turn you know that the the attitude it, it'll, it'll it'll go off after a while like like milk going off mm -hmm. and uh, i think for both parties but and it can be hard for the mentor to release someone yeah. who's been a faithful servant in the church mm -hmm. and and it can be hard on the ego you've also got that dynamic between you know the 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 old guard and the new and and you know the a bit like fathers and sons you know finding though that that breaking away and i've seen that a lot over the years i mean i've been in church since the 80s as well Perfect. and I've, I've seen it many times and experienced it so Perfect. it's like everything is stewardship yes and building resilient faith resilient faith is about being able to let go and come back and keep moving on so attitudes on both parts i've seen the old lions get really upset and hurt and the young ones get do it badly and and get arrogant about having to move on but when you hold everything you have loosely it's it's easier to move forward so these seasons of life when you open your eyes to them then each one builds you and the people who've spoken into your life and it makes room for more people to come through and be a blessing too doesn't it yes absolutely you know i was thinking about you know your theme being resilient you know i love that word resilient because it means you know stays with it stays in there bounces back overcomes adversity and you know it's on the path of ministry you know god takes you through seasons and i'm i'm always reminded of one of our classic hero prophets in the bible elijah you know elijah actually stood before the king I mean, that is an awesome place. You know, when you, you prophesied to kings, it's like, man, you've arrived. You know, you're in the in the place of royalty or where you're in the White House or the parliament or, man, you know, well, I'm a prophet. I've just prophesied to the king. And, you know, I, I need to have my own television program or whatever now. <laughs> and, God, and God says, now get out of here. I'm sending you 
to a solitary place called Cherith. Like what? The like, God, I just prophesied to the king. I just pro I just gave a prediction. It's not gonna rain for three years until I say so. Yeah. And God says, get out of here and go to the brook Cherith, and I'm gonna feed you there. You're gonna wow. drink the brook, and God sends the man of God meat and bread two times a day in a solitary place after having prophesied to the king predicted this drought that came to pass it's because god was continuing the process in the life of the prophet so the bible says he ate he drank and then one day the brook dries up and god says now i'm sending you to zarephath Okay. Now, I want to just take two minutes and explain this because this is one of the greatest revelations of going through cycles. First of all, God says, go to the brook Cherith. Now, Cherith, by definition, means cutting. As you take okay. scissors, cut things out. He goes through the cutting process. Then God sends him to Zarephath. And Zarephath means refinery. It's where, oh. one thing, where one thing becomes another. And he says, I have commanded a widow woman there to feed you. So the man of God obeys, goes to Cherith, birds feed him, drinks of the brook. Season changes, water dries up. God says, now I send you to Zarephath. A widow woman's going to take care of you there. And that's the key thing, there. It's everyone finding are there. Where is there for you? Because that's the place that God provides for you, takes care of you, trains you, prepares you, raises you up. So after that season, then he went to the third step, and that's called Mount Carmel. Mm. We know the story of Carmel. He puts up the sacrifice. The fire falls, consumes the sacrifice. We're he brings a nation back to God in one day. Right. Because the Carmel means fruitful field or fruitful ministry. But it was cutting, yeah. then it was refining, then it was fruitful ministry, and it didn't happen overnight. Right. It doesn't happen overnight. Now, in, in the States where I live, uh, we're very enamored with like, instant success. You know, the greatest, the fastest growing, the biggest, the, the most wonderful, you know, we're so young ministers are like so in a hurry and driven to become that, you know, so we can be on the Christian TV or we can be in the Christian magazine or we want to be interviewed by the television people. We have the fastest growing. You know? So God takes you step by step through the process of becoming the man of God or becoming the woman of God that he has destined for you to be. That's awesome. That's And, and it's a great parallel with modern ministries where, mm -hmm. you know, you can get, you can grow and learn and get fed and have all the facilities for what's, for what you could do eventually when you're in a big church. And I love big churches. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely do. I think they're really answering a need. They're obviously serving. Um, but when you're a young minister and you want to have your own church, you know, I've heard people say, oh, well, we're, we're going to go and plant a church 
But what we're going to need, we're going to need a team of 10 people at least. We're going to need a full orchestra of, of musicians. <laughs> we're going to need, you know, I can't start the church and, and I have to make sure I can get a salary of whatever it is. Mm. <laughs> and it's like God says, actually, I'm going to take you out of the palace and sit you by a brook and feed you a couple of times a day from wow. ravens. Right. And there's nobody there to watch you no and, and tell you how good you are. No one. You have to do it by faith. When my parents started a church, Come they on. rented a school building, like the, the it was like the the school auditorium, and right. and setting out the church the, the chairs and everything themselves. And honestly, they had no musicians. I think they had someone. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they had they had rice in a bottle. No one will come to a church like that. Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit brought people along to church Amen. and Amen. they visited people in their homes and wow. they they, wow. they dealt with problem people like my dad. <laughs> you, I guarantee there's a domestic violence situation and this fellow was coming to the church to to rip into dad because he'd taken his you know dad hadn't taken his wife but but the wife was coming to church and and it was upsetting his his control and he sure. came and he was being abusive my dad is six foot and back then he, he was a younger man then so dad had him in a headlock Wow. Like Andre, yeah was it Andre the Giant one of the one of those um, wrestlers from the 80s yeah. Exactly. Put him in a headlock and said, you're going to settle down now? You're going to settle down now? You're going to settle down now? And, and I don't know if you can get away with it now, but I don't think it would stop him trying again. It, it was it was on the field, like out on the mission field, faith at work, faith in a, in a strong, you know, forearm. But, you know, that's the real life. You, you don't get strong. Like, yes, you want to have resources, but... You don't get strong by having everything cushioned around you as you get started. You know, and it's fun. these great stories to tell. I'm so thrilled to hear that. That's that's pioneering. <laughs> you know, pioneering oh, work. You know, oh, and I must tell you, this is it takes. You know, trusting God for that when you don't have people, five people, you're starting a brand new work. You know, there's no money coming in, there's no offerings or support. No, base sending you money, and yeah. you know that's the real. This lady, I, I I admire your parents. I, I really <laughs> this is her. Jan Ross oh, is her. This comment, oh, this comment yeah. that I brought up. I honor you. I, I honor you as a, a tremendous woman of faith. <laughs> Thank God for what you've done, because I can relate. I know what it's like to start yeah. with a few people. Well, I, such a great, um, such a great example. Absolutely. So I'm very proud of you, Mum. Jan, there she's got her Global Care shirt on. She's still, Mum's. She probably doesn't want me to say this, but Mum's turning 80 this month, and Praise she's still, still serving, still fit and healthy, and she Amen. and her, I think, kept them going. Right. It's continuing to serve. So I really honour your Mum. That's just brilliant. Right, there you too. go. So yeah, it, it it's that process, and these are Absolutely. the stories. You know, the the things that you're going through now that are hard. Mm -hmm. will become your stories, won't they? That's when, when right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and God is faithful. You know, that's what I really want to just speak that in people, right? And God is faithful. You know, I, I can remember this because the seasons, you know, and for every one of us too, it's unique. 
You know, the way God deals with me or you or another person listening, depending on your ministry, the grace of God in your life, you know, the ultimate call, purpose, destiny, you know, we're all individuals. And that's such a beautiful thing is that God deals with each of us individually. So, you know, I can't just say, here, you know, do these 12 steps. And it's going to work perfectly for you because it won't work perfectly for you. You know, some of the principles will and they'll over, overflow or overlap, but it's not ABC for every person. You know, God deals with each of us according to the grace in our lives, the call in our lives. He's preparing you for something greater. He's teaching us how to trust him. Hey, sure. And that, that has to be done in the wilderness. It you really know, does. You know, it really honest. does. I yeah, mean, and now here's something I want to, um, yeah, they did have a good teacher as Holy Spirit and also uh, they were trained well by um, Pastor Clark Taylor here in Australia as well. But what, here's what I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. So these are good things to talk about and they're encouraging and they're helpful. But there would have been times when you would have known in your head, yes, God is faithful, yes, you know, and I know he's going to come through, but... Mm-hmm. There are times, and even now, when there are pastors out there who are thinking people are going online, they're not coming to church, I can't mm. get around them to to visit them in their home or whatever it might be. And, and it might not even be to do with COVID. There are, there are times when you do get really discouraged and, and you can't express that. There's, there's no one in your church. You're supposed to be the one that they come to. And so, you, you know, you, you're not really in a position to go to one of your parishioners and say, I'm really not doing okay here. I'm, I'm really scared. I don't know what to do. I'm feeling really discouraged. And, and I know all the messages about faith and I've preached it all and I've done all that. But, you know, sometimes you do get to the point where you feel like you almost can't see a way out. And, I mean, it's good to catch it before it gets to that point. But, but when those times... Tell me about a time when you it got really, really hard and you may maybe you questioned things, maybe you didn't, but but when it was really tough, mm-hmm. um, what was happening, if you can, uh, how you felt and how that turned around if it did, if you did it well or if you don't know, could it tell me about something an example of something that was really really seriously hard for you well definitely in our early days of ministry uh, we had a church going not a lot of people you know 20 30 we may get to 40 and then back down to 30 or back to 20 kind of thing mm-hmm. and we had a christian school going with variations of amount of students Parents. And we always we always dealt with a uh, a financial crisis. It was like that was one of the greatest tests of our life. Mm. Uh, with trying to pay the rent on our building, trying to pay our teachers, uh, uh, quarterly payroll taxes, this kind of thing. You know, meeting expenses. And uh, but we always stayed faithful in giving. You know, if we didn't have the money that month for the rent. We would give it to feed orphans in Haiti or, or something. You know, we just we just stayed on the word of God. And that opened up another realm I call the wilderness of vehicles. 
there were times when we did not have a car. Okay. People would give us old junkers and then they'd break down and the axle would break. And I mean, there were times where we had to walk like two miles with our groceries. And it was during that time, see, I have been a proponent of fasting and prayer for my whole Christian life over wow. 35 years now. So, I mean, I, I'm a person that fasts for days, weeks, over a month, that kind of thing. And uh, so I would go into prolonged fastings and there are just certain things that you have to live through. God, it was training me to trust him wow. and, and only go through that. You know, every person has to have their wilderness experience. So, you know, during that time, I thank God that I had and still have a wonderful wife. Now, a lot of people that don't have a spouse, you know, that, that can be very difficult. You don't have anybody to, to share with, go through it with, you know, live it together with you. But uh, thank God for my wife, Sarah and I, we pioneered this work, you know, back in the eighties and uh, still moving forward with our ministries today. But during those seasons where we didn't have it, man. We didn't have money for rent or we had to scrape it together to, so that our teachers could get paid on Friday and and uh, walking home with our groceries from time to time or somebody would give us a, a their junker car and we'd drive that till it fell apart. You know, so I went through that. Mm. And one of the things for me during that time, I look back on that now, it's like things had to die in me. Ah, you're hitting on something there. Things have to die in you too, you know, pride or whatever it is, you know, because I used to go to God, God, this doesn't look good for you. You know, we can't pay our rent. It doesn't look good for you. You know, our landlord's banging on the door and, you know, you're months behind on the rent now. And, you know, yeah, and we're walking home, carrying our groceries two miles, you know, the devil's saying, oh, this is what you get for serving God. And, you know, we're, I'm preaching eight times a week. You know, I'm preaching five days a week to the students. I'm doing Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night prayer meeting, Thursday night church. I mean, you know, and then you have creditors calling you, can't you get a job? I'm like, uh, I got a full-time job, you know, day and night right now. But it's just a season I had to go through. But then let me share this last part of this because this is the faith part. Okay. We kept faithful. We kept giving. We kept praying. We kept fasting. We kept helping missionaries and and feeding orphans in Haiti and helping other people that would come to our church and give them an offering when we really didn't have it. But we did it anyway. We felt led of God to obey the word. So one day I'm sitting in my office at the church, at the school, and I hear the door open in the front and some voices. They came back into my office. It was a man and his wife hadn't seen for months and months. So we began to just kind of catch up, you know, how you been, da, da, da. So after about a half an hour, they said, well, we have to get moving now. The man stood up. He reached into his front pocket, pulled out a piece of paper and set it on my desk. He reached back in his pocket, pulled out another piece of paper and laid it on my desk. Now, being the cool, calm, collective person I am, I walked them out the 
the hallway, out the door, saw them out, closed the door, and then ran like a bolt of lightning back into my office. <laughs> the man had put two checks on my desk. They paid for every debt that we had. Oh my goodness. Paid off all the past rent, paid off everything, brought everything current. I always ask the question, God, what took so long? <laughs> How long did this take? Wow. Plink, plink, two checks caught us up back fast but it was months it was months of fasting and prayer and dying and uh, going through the process walking home without a yeah. oh. I can tell people hey I know what it's like to a base and I know what it's like to abound you go through God is preparing you you know your preparation is bigger than the money what you're becoming is, is bigger than all the, the things, the trapping, the stuff we think we have to have. You know, God can even take a, a church or a ministry or a school or a season and use all that, even though people are being blessed, encouraged, strengthened, taught, saved, whatever. But he could use that whole period of life just to prepare one vessel. So true. It's you know, that I'm Romans 8, 28. I can look back on my life and say, God, I see in those pastoring days, in those school days that I was being prepared. I was living the preparation process so I can move into my future and begin to go where I'm even going today. That's just so awesome. You know, it, Romans eight twenty eight that God makes all things work together for our good. Yes. And, and we can, you know, you're going to go through stuff anyway, but if you go through it knowing that God can do something with it and trusting Him, that that and and in doing that, keeping that good attitude, because you can go through it with a stinky attitude and have no fruit at the end. No fun. There, there is that, isn't there? You know, you you can go through it, you know, resenting and holding grudges in this area of your life, and then thinking that you're believing God here. It doesn't work that way, does it? Because because no. God's developing all that character and that fasting yep. man that fa <sighs> last mm -hmm. year i fasted so much i nearly disappeared it was and, mm -hmm. and i got my breakthrough but it didn't happen when i wanted it right because like, you want it straight away but i got my breakthrough and i got extra bonuses with it when um you know i, I found that i was I, it actually freed up other areas of my life and not mm -hmm. just the thing that i was believing god for which is just awesome. Amen. So, um, you know, even when I was in prison, I knew that one day, I didn't know what it would look like. I knew that one day I would speak about it. And what I share with people as, as you do is, you know, go through things mm -hmm. as though one day you're going to tell somebody mm. that story. Amen. So go through your journey in the way that you would want to tell that story about yourself and not be embarrassed That's good how you blew it That's and good. fell into that self-pity because one day you will tell the story and you don't want to be telling lies you no. will you, know, you you want to be you know it's it's just so amazing that that 
He really does. But it, it takes longer than we think, doesn't it? We yes, just think it does. Water. Um, you know, My- and the, the fasting can take, the fasting definitely speeds up your breakthrough. Yes, Absolutely. I agree. It, I agree. it really does. But yeah, so that, this has been so, so brilliant, John. I, I love talking to people who, uh, you know, are so, um, you see them as so successful now. You and, um, you and Sarah have an international ministry. You were traveling lots and lots. And of course, and with COVID, you're, you're just as busy online yes, with people. Yes. And, and we see that. And that's amazing. And, I, and you still live by faith because you still need oh, to live and, and, you know, pay for things and so on. Absolutely. But it's, it's seeing, you know, behind the scenes as to really the hard yards and and when it was discouraging and you're not the superhero every minute of the day and there were times where you thought oh my goodness god you know really mm-hmm. then it you know it's it makes it so much more relatable for the rest of us to, to to think okay well so it hasn't all been you know faith and power the whole time for john david kirby the great big shot it's not like that it's okay. everyone puts their pants on one leg at a time just like you just like everybody else and right. um it's the stuff that that's that's done in secret in the secret place Amen. That, that builds and builds that resilient faith so that has been so brilliant now what i would like to do um now is share your website okay so Thank that you. people can visit you uh john david kirby ministries now he's also um want to make sure i put your um where are we with my banners Okay, jdkministries.com mm-hmm. is where you can go for that. And uh, there's John David Kirby, it's his home. Now, if you have a bit of a scroll around there, you can see some videos. You can uh, click on his prophecies. Mm-hmm. So you can check out whether what he said came true. Uh-huh. That's right. Checking out with you, John. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and what you've got to say about sure. that. The 2020, the 2020 prophecy, very amazing. Oh, good. I'll, I'll have, I did read it at the start of the year, so I'll have to have another look. Yeah. Um, um, by all means, book John to speak to your church or group. Uh, I'm doing it on Zoom. It's, it's, um, it's great. He's got his schedule. Uh, if you want to support his ministry, um, then um, please do just so have a bit of an explore around there. There's him and Sarah, the lovely Sarah. It was so great to meet you both. And you've oh, got, and you have, um, you're on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, John David oh, Kirby Ministries. So by all means doing that. And speaking of following, this has been a blessing to you. I would uh, ask anybody who's, who's watching, please uh, uh, like the Trish Jenkins author page. I'm actually going to start a page called Trish TV and do them there so i'll do that but also this is uh live broadcasting to um the trishjenkinsfaith.com uh youtube channel youtube trish jenkins faith so if you would like to like and subscribe then you will get uh, to see more interviews like this and uh, get behind the scenes of some of these um people that that uh you, you just can't get to when they preach they come into a church and if it's a big church you can't get near them you can't say hey how's it going hey what happened last year when this happened you know you, you can't do that but here 
you can slide in to the messages and I'll see you and I can put your question up and we can talk the talk about it. so you, you actually get up close and personal even because because it's virtual so uh, follow along there certainly follow uh, John David oh you're a doctor Dr John David Kirby. I am wow. I have got that as well That's yeah true. I've got this rash can you no I'm sorry <laughs> just kidding <laughs> We can deal with that. No. Um, yeah, so uh, that would be a doctor of ministries, of, yes. of doctor of theology, I guess. So, right. um, but yes, um, yep, uh, prophet, healing evangelist, which is what you're, you're quite well known for. But now we've met you, you're an everyday guy who's just the same as us, but you've uh, got some runs on the board with some longevity and you've, Thank you for sharing those keys you have to unlock resilient faith in us and, and to be so encouraging and no magic pills, but doing the hard yards, but God is faithful. Yes. And, uh, and and that seasoning, that seasoning is yeah. because seasons change and the season you're in, when you stay pressed into God and you don't give up, you, you see, well, your season's going to change anyway. So it can, but you want it to change the way God has planned for you rather than what your flesh might want it to change too so thank you so much john it's thank just been a, an absolute pleasure to, to have you come on all right bless you heaps everybody and we'll see you next time thank you all <laughs>